Bear Books presents Ending Samsara, written by JW Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 2, After a Cycle is Broken, 5. While many of Samsara's encounters seem to tax her emotionally in ways difficult to identify, the constant travelling carried straightforward fatigue, and this was worsened year by year. She'd started to perceive jet lag and chronic neck ache as essential penance, perhaps in response to the guilt of an unfavourable carbon footprint. There were several orders of business to attend to in the UK, and her aim was to stay there for at least a fortnight. The first stop was Scotland. Funerals were for the living, she knew, and although she recognised that attending this one in particular did little to fulfil any altruistic aims, she wouldn't have dreamed of missing it. Victoria was thankful for her presence, some could see it in her eyes. The last few weeks had apparently forged a significant bond. God, to think when you came to the wedding, she said tearfully as they met outside the chapel on a particularly grey morning in Inverness. I bet you hadn't imagined seeing us again so soon. Sam didn't correct her. A part of her wanted to tell the woman the truth, that she knew of Oleg's poor health before they did, but this felt disloyal to her departed friend. Finding out in the first place was indeed a small betrayal to the widow, and admitting it to her now would go against a dead man's wishes. No... It's a shame it couldn't have been in better circumstances. I'm at least glad I got to say goodbye in Florida. You were a great friend to him, Victoria said, placing a hand on Sam's shoulder. He was very fortunate to know you. I hope his final days were happy ones. Victoria permitted a brief smile. The happiest, she said. The turnout for the ceremony was excellent. The packed church testified to the full life the man had lived. Victoria battled through tears as she tried to summarise all their years together, while Ivan stayed strong for the duration of his speech. He was truly his father's son. The imprint Oleg had made on his only child was apparent to Sam, and to several attendees who commented as much. If you ever need anything, I'm only a phone call away, Sam said to each of them at the wake. Don't be a stranger, Victoria said. Though Sam promised not to be, she could not fight the feeling that their relationship had run its course. Sansara was there for people who needed her. It felt almost callous to admit that she didn't have too much time for new friendships these days. This was as much a farewell to Victoria and Ivan as it was to her dear old comrade. In her geographical list of contacts, there were no further ties to Scotland, but several dotted around other parts of Britain. She hopped into her electric rental in the car park of the tavern and commenced the long drive to Lancaster. The time spent here was brief but edifying. A single mother's wayward teen seemed in much better shape since their last encounter. Troubled Alicia had changed her circle of friends per Sam's instruction and her grades had benefited greatly from this. After this, Bolton turned into a three-day affair, an investment she'd made to a youth centre was apparently paying dividends, but still needed a touch of her guidance. 
She'd made it as far as a drug rehabilitation centre in Manchester when she received a call from her old friend Marcus Taylor. Funny, she said to him. I was going to call you again this evening. Really? Yes, I was worried. I've tried your number several times in the past few weeks. Oh, about that, he said. He then proceeded to fill her in on the details he'd missed in their last call. Their tour of the UK going off the grid and finally his sudden change of career path, which he'd now followed through with. Lastly, he linked his experiences back to his murdered acquaintance, Gaz, and informed her that they had attained photographic evidence of his killers and were passing them on to some dubious contact of his named Zed. So, she said, smiling to herself, no more dealing? No more dealing. Sam's heart felt lighter. She'd known the young man for over a decade, and in spite of all her advice, he'd sold drugs for the majority of those years. Certain traumas, often incurred in childhood, never failed to leave their mark on an individual. She knew that people were less autonomous personalities than living exhibitions of their past experiences. The ordeals endured by Marcus at an early age did more to shape him and his contribution to the world than any other influence could achieve. The matter of extracting footage of the staged suicide at his former client's house, however, as well as his aim to identify those responsible, troubled her for several reasons. Can I see you in person? she asked. Yes, he said gleefully. Could you make it over to London? I can be there tomorrow afternoon. Seriously, so soon? Yeah, I'll call you in the morning. Much like the secret insight she'd recognised but not wanted to share with her friend C in the hospital, Sam now considered an apparent casual chain between a select group of strangers. It all seemed to ripple out from Marcus. By his own account, he led hitmen to the address of the man named Gaz. Gaz, she knew, was connected to C's partner by the IT company they both worked for. And in his boss's absence, Jeremy D had been forced to travel halfway round the world, leaving C overstretched at home. The package she'd consequently neglected to send and called about in a panic was Zach's, Sam was sure of it. And Zach's concert cancellation meant a missed interview and subsequent mugging for Jordana in Chicago. Sam rubbed her temples, joining these dots was a strenuous and essentially worthless process, akin to an impossibly intricate game of chess, one you had to take a conscious step back from to truly understand. But unlike chess, these details gave her no insight into how to proceed. And she stopped herself there. Recognising these patterns offered nothing, all she could do was continue with her own path. Despite feeling uplifted by the positive developments in Marcus's situation, she could not shake an overwhelming sense of trepidation. If she had known of his plan ahead of time to identify the killers and the people they worked for, Sam would have surely talked him out of it. They were poking a hornet's nest. She was certain of it. Now it was her turn to investigate. There were a lot of calls to make and favours to recoup and so little time. If you'd like to learn more about J.W. Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Books Podcast, we're on all your favourite social media. 
Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode. <laughs>